short time ago, an American airplane dropped one bomb on Hiroshima. Ich bin ein Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this. American people, I think, is good people. They are. They have not to charge with the guilty of all the lies. Welcome back to the Cold War, Hunter Hunter Harris. <laughs> is it Hunter Harris? Um, did, you, did you drop any laptops off recently? That was my Mr. previous Bobolewski. name. Right, yeah, 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 yeah. Mr. Bobolewski, well, Mr. I, Rob Bobolewski, Mr. Bobolewski, Mr. Bob Bobolewski. What? I, I took it to that specific shop because I heard a rumor that the owner and operator was legally blind. I thought blind. I was covered. That's the place you want to, <laughs> that's the place <laughs> you want to take your laptops to get them fixed. It it wasn't to the a guy perfect that's legally plan. Blind, obviously. Yeah, 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 yeah. It wasn't a perfect plan, <laughs> I admit. Okay. I admit. <laughs> the Cold War, episode 176. Yes. <clears throat> uh, when he became POTUS on the 12th of April, 1945, our good friend Harry S. Shit for Brains <laughs> Truman knew nothing about the development of the atomic bomb or the post-war intentions of the Soviets or anything else for that matter right. because... Outside of Missouri. He'd been deliberately right. kept in the dark yeah. by FDR, who never really liked him <laughs> and didn't want him as his running mate in the first place. He was sort of pushed on him by the democratic establishment. And on top of that, on top of the fact that Truman was uh, shit for brains and FBR, FDR didn't like him or trust him, mm-hmm. the US, of course, didn't really have anything resembling a foreign intelligence service. Roosevelt had created the Office of Strategic Services. Uh, that sounds like a division inside of a big company <laughs> where you put the people you don't really know what to do with. It's kind of... Just going there. Kind of... Kind yeah. of yeah, kind of divi- places they used to send me to. When it's, it's like oh, Fox oh, Mulder being sent down in the basement to work on the X Files. Oh shit! Here comes They'd be Riley. like, "Oh, this Riley send guy. Him, send yeah. him, send it let's cre- let's yeah. create a fake department, and right. we'll say we'll just put all the troublemakers there, like Riley, and we'll go. Oh no, yeah. really? Yeah. It's really important work. Try, uh, you know, you're going to love it. Man. It's really right up your. Top oh, man. It's only for the <laughs> smartest, yeah, yeah. mouthiest uh, uh, guys. You're going to yeah. love it. We send our, right gen- in. our geniuses there, really. If, if if you if you want to know the truth, <laughs> yeah, yeah. If, if I yeah. could, on the door it had yeah. a big sign saying "Only geniuses allowed," and we were all in there going, "Oh, we're <laughs> we're all such geniuses. What are we What are we doing? Oh, we we have to work it out first. What we're doing? Yeah, you know, That's and then, then get expected. back to them. They said, "Look, take yeah. the first two years just to work out what you're doing. Just write yeah. lots of strategy documents." And we right. go, "Oh, we love writing strategy documents. Oh, you go for your life, kids." <laughs> If I could real quick. Anyway, sorry, you were trying to say something? Yeah. No, j- just give a little uh, backdrop of the OSS. So um, Donovan, Wild Bill Donovan, he's a New York conservative lawyer. And in 1940, FDR sends him to London to see if, hey, you know what? Tell me if the British can really survive a, a Nazi invasion. So he goes over there, he reports. And then in the summer of 1941, FDR appoints Donovan the coordinator of information with unprecedented powers over the existing civilian and military agencies of information. And of course, after Pearl Harbor, which affects so much of what we're going to go into, 
his function as doing that gets renamed as the OSS. It is the first intelligence agency of the United States. Donovan's in charge of it. FDR put him there. But as we're going to find out, while Donovan is not the kind of guy that you want running day-to-day operations, he's, he's more of a maverick. He's more of a cowboy. The, the idea of actually being an operational uh, executive is not his strong suit. Bill Donovan, William Donovan and uh, FDR had been classmates at Columbia Law School. Aww. Um, so they went way back. But as we will see, didn't necessarily mean that FDR trusted knew. him knew. Uh, or liked him, <laughs> but they had uh, a connection. Now, I've got a couple of great stories about Wild Bill. I don't know if you came across these in your uh, research. Mm-hmm. I'm doing air quotes. I research. <laughs> Uh, both of these stories come from 1923. Oh. The first one was when they tried to present him with the Medal of Honor for his efforts in World War One. Right. But he declined it, saying it belonged to the men who didn't return. Oh. I was like, fuck, that's, the, you know, that's, that's, that's some big, uh, mar- big chestnuts there. Maronis right. in Italian chestnuts. <laughs> It's got some, uh, you know, enorme, marrone enorme. He has got uh, huge chestnuts, this guy. Nah, it's a bit like, uh, what's his, uh, Marlon Brando turning down the Academy Award for The Godfather. Right. 1971, 72, saying, no, not until you free the Indians. Wow. Um, The second story, also from 1923, he was the US attorney during Prohibition. And he even sent agents in to raid his own club, the Saturn Club in New York. It was a very, it was an elite, an elite club. And apparently the elite didn't believe the rules of prohibition applied to them. No, they do not. Uh, They were furious, so furious that he raided his own club. His business partner in his law firm quit over it and his own wife never forgave him for it. That sounds right. For raiding his own club. He was called a class traitor. Like FDR. Until some someone remembered he was actually born into a poor Irish immigrant family yes. and just worked his way up. So they were like, oh, well, yeah. there you go. He's uh, not even of our class. <laughs> Another great story about him. He's, after the end of the war, he interrogated Hermann Goering 10 times at Nuremberg. Wow. That would have... That would have been fun. Yes. He's the only person to have received all four of the United States' highest awards, the Medal of Honor, the Distinguished Service Cross, the Distinguished Service Medal, and the National Security Medal. Uh, He didn't, unfortunately, didn't live long enough to get the fifth highest award, the uh, Podcaster Award. (laughs) But um, he would have. Which... Oh, yeah. Yeah, he would have. Do you have that? uh, We we haven't received it either. No, but, (laughs) you know, it's one of those things, as we said a couple of weeks ago. It's building up. It's, you know, well, no, it's just because we're too good for awards. Like, it's like you don't give God... Uh, you know, player of the match That's award because he's he's God, <laughs> right. right? He doesn't. It's a step like, down. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Don't do that. They offered they offered us that award and we 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 turned it yeah. down and said no, no. It's for the podcasters re- re- that we left in the field. Right. Re- release the Indians first or something. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> when you free the Indians, <laughs> we will. He was also the recipient of the Silver Star and the Purple Heart. So listen, brave. Despite 
all of the shit that we're going to talk about, Bill Donovan, over the next couple of hours. Yeah, that's a good point. You know, the guy, he had a lot of medals. I mean, whether or not he deserved them, I don't know, but he certainly got a lot of medals. Well, I don't know how many of those he bought. At e- on right. eBay, but he, he, he had them. You know. It doesn't matter. Once they're in your little collection of oh. the I love me wall at home, it doesn't matter. Anyway, go ahead. Yeah. Oh, I have to ask real quick. So so he works his way up yeah. from poverty. He's in the army. He's a, he becomes a successful lawyer. He makes a decent pile of cash. He's obviously brave. He's willing to put his, his life on the line. He, he loves adventure. He has tons of affairs, but not as many as Dulles. We'll go into that later. And I think previously, because since you're starting with the death of FDR, I think previously you told the story about his idea about using bats over Tokyo. Do you remember that? Yeah, I've got that coming up. Oh, I'm sorry, because oh, I got one. Up. I got one to match that. So go ahead. I apologize. That's uh, so We'll get to All it. Right. Now the OSS uh, wasn't designed to function in peacetime, yeah. but it eventually, in a roundabout way, turns into the CIA under Truman. However, as we'll see as we go along, Truman only wanted it to act as a global news service. And yeah. I think we've talked about that before on this show or the bullshit filter, one of those shows, or. Yeah, he just wanted uh, he wanted basically Google News. His original Updates. vision for the CIA yeah. was it was Google News. Yeah, yeah. He sit down. Wanted to sit down over coffee every morning, right, and just get news of the world from his own people. Yeah. Okay, so here's what's going on around the world. Good, got right. that. Um, get on with my who day. Can I, who can I nuke this week? <laughs> no, no but more nuking, President Truman. You there was ah like, oh, yeah. So I used up all of our nukes. <laughs> Shit. Make me some more. I order five more nukes. No, but there was another part to that because what briefings he was getting, one, took way too long. Two, they were coming from the State Department, which he hated them and they hated him. And he always felt that they were condescending to him because they were Ivy League, you know, whatever. And he's this guy from Missouri who used to own a haberdashery. So he's like, fuck this. I want it short. I want it sweet. I want it from someone I like. This is bullshit. But you're right. He basically is saying, you know, basically keep me up. Yeah, it's what you he wants a ray file in Vegas. We're ordering prost. Oh, sorry. Go when ahead. we're ordering prostitutes, that's what you said. I said, "Which one do you want?" And you said, "I want something short, sweet, and something I like." Well, I'm paying. Shouldn't I get what I want? Did I pay or did, did absolutely? Did Tim pay? Yeah, yeah. I think Tim paid for those. But I didn't realize when you when you said short, you you really meant short. Well, I want to I feel you tall. You want someone you can yeah. look yeah. down oh, upon. Hot. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. yeah. <laughs> Preferably with no legs. That's hot. <laughs> I'm going to hell. It's hour one. You'll 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 even you'll even provide the skateboard for the. <laughs> I'm a gentleman. You know, come on. Move you know this about me. When you send him, when you tell him to get you a beer from the fridge. <laughs> We're off the rails. <laughs> Bring your own skateboard. Uh, skateboard uh, to be provided. Here's a skateboard uh, for your ass. Really. Anyway. <laughs> yes. Yeah. In a letter uh, Truman wrote in 1963, a couple of mm-hmm. years after the failure of the Bay of Pigs invasion, obviously he's well out of the White House at this stage, yeah. uh, Truman wrote that he had not intended the agency to be a cloak and dagger yes. outfit. It was just intended to be a... A reporting agency, not a spy organisation. Uh, this got coverage in a lot of newspapers, right. and I looked one of them up. 
here's, a, here's a couple of paragraphs from his letter or his article that was published in the Washington Post and other places. For some time, I've been disturbed by the way the CIA has been diverted from its original assignment. It has become an operational and, at times, a policy-making arm of the government. Mm. This has led to trouble and may have compounded our difficulties in several explosive areas. I never had any thought that when I set up the CIA that it would be injected into peacetime cloak-and-dagger operations. Some of the complications and embarrassment that I think that we have experienced are in part attributable to the fact that this quiet intelligence arm of the president has been so removed from its intended role that it is being interpreted as a symbol of sinister and mysterious foreign intrigue and a subject for Cold War enemy propaganda. Now, of course... Uh, you know, he should see it today uh, <laughs> and the shit that it's up to himself. these days or through the 80s and 90s. Yes. And, uh, you know, as, as I've said, I think, on this show and on the Bullshit Filter show many times over the years, in, in my opinion, uh, and I'm not being incendiary when I say this, I'm serious, mm-hmm. the CIA is the largest uh, and most prolific terrorist organisation the world has ever seen. Forget ISIS, forget Al-Qaeda. They, they they dream of being the CIA. I mean, the CIA with the resources, right. the number of countries yeah. that it is has been and is involved in, the number of governments that it's toppled, uh, the number of dictators it supported, all that kind of stuff. The gun runnings, the drug runnings, the sh- dirty, dirty, dirty shit, the assassinations it's been involved in. Um, the body count yeah. that it has on its uh, resume... I mean, it's astounding, and, and and I guess the point of this is that that wasn't Truman's vision, but as we'll see, uh, he had very little to do with it right. because it, other players, the the uh, dark state, if you mm-hmm. will, uh, established the CIA. It it wasn't created legally. Right. It wasn't created through the appropriate channels. Mm. Uh, deliberately, because it was determined that uh, in order to set up something like they wanted to set up, it had to be, by definition, illegal. Yeah, as as we're going to see, if I could just add on to that, if we're gonna as we're gonna see, I think probably in the next, uh, probably the third episode, there is a single line from a piece of legislation in 1947 that is going to, for for those who wanted it, justify the CIA or whatever uh, status it was at that time, um, to not just do espionage, but to actually do covert actions. So you're right. So they literally interpret a single line from legislation that Truman puts out, which somehow justifies all that they've done. And if I can give my own opinion on the CIA for a second, I guess for me it comes down to two Things one, they certainly missed nine eleven, and two, well, I guess three things they missed nine eleven, and two, they've, uh, like you just said a second ago, they have disrupted so many lives, ruined so many lives, killed so many people, uh, co- made certain governments collapse because they didn't like it. But I guess the biggest one for me and for a lot of Americans is their actions keep generating new generations of people outside of this country to hate us and to want to hurt us. They keep ramping up our enemies, which keeps our military busy, which keeps us fighting, which it's a cycle. It just, it just, it just starts and it never stops. Which, you know, 
Which is the point. Though. It is. That's 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 the, I, I, that's the right, right, right. For me, that's a criticism. For <laughs> them, that's war. like yeah, yeah. For me, that's a criticism. Yeah. For yeah. them, that's like and no, that's our job. They're saying that's our yeah, job. and high five me, and, high, high and, five me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You're welcome, <laughs> no, you dumbass. Everybody wants to kill us now, or hates us, or doesn't respect. Anyway, that's yeah. You know. Yeah, I'm done. So like the FBI under J. Edgar Hoover, the, the CIA from the very beginning was uh, power unto itself. Yes. And while Bill himself liked to say that, uh, this is a quote, in a global and totalitarian war, mm-hmm. intelligence must be global and totalitarian. Yes. So that was his view and, uh, you know, he was firm on that. Right. If we're going to do this, this is like, you know, all out. Yes. Total war, total intelligence, uh, there are no rules. In November 1944, he wrote to FDR, suggesting that the United States create a peacetime central intelligence service. Mm -hmm. He'd been sketching the plan for about a year, being urged on by our old friend Beetle Smith, Lieutenant General Walter Bedell Smith, the Chief of Staff to Eisenhower, General Eisenhower. Mm -hmm. He wanted to know how the OSS was going to become part of the military establishment in the United States after the war. Donovan told FDR that he could learn the capabilities and intentions and activities of foreign nations while running subversive operations abroad against America's enemies. But So yeah. from the very get-go, his vision was... Oh, yeah. You know, at least part of it was subversive operations, which is, by definition, interfering with the governments uh, uh, and the the running of other countries, of course, which is exactly what Americans are complaining about today that they feel the Russians are doing to them. Right. The CIA was set up to do that from the get-go. Yeah, and the the other part of that is, so yeah, from from, from right out the gate, they want to do this. And like you said, it is illegal, which means... And this is going to come up later. It's like, you know, certain aspects of the American government, the stuff that we see uh, legitimately in the newspapers and the news, stuff like that, they're the ones who are going to want to run this. But there's going to be certain people that argue, no, 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 what we're doing is going to be, you know, illegal, which means we have to have a new entity to do that. But here's the problem with, with Wild Bill presenting this one. Traditionally, Americans don't like that whole espionage, secretive things. It's not a part of our nature. We consider that to be something that the countries in Europe did, and we didn't do that. And I think it was in 1929, uh, Henry Stimson, who will later on be Secretary of War in World War II, said something like, gentlemen do not read each other's mails. So so it's just a mentality that we don't have. But here's the other part of it. So Wild Bill Donovan is pitching this, but the military people at the Pentagon, the Chief Joint Chiefs of Staff, that he needs on his side, they don't like him. They don't trust him. They know that he occasionally comes up with good ideas, but as far as him actually running it, it could be a complete fuck show. And there's just no way uh, that they think he can do it. So he's going to get resistance um, right away. It is a good idea, and it is a big world that we live in, and you've got to be able to protect yourself. And again, a lot of this is going to come from we have no idea what's going on outside our own borders, and we certainly have no idea what's going on with the Soviet Union now that the war is over. And so I can see what he's saying, but again, he is the wrong person to do it. But again, he's going to try to ram it through just like he's done everything else in his life. Sadly, the person that he needs most on this planet, FDR, 
dies in April of 1945. Now, as you say, a lot of these guys didn't trust uh, or like Wild Bill, apparently, and they were appalled. Yeah. A lot of the generals and the admirals in the Pentagon of his idea about his idea of making up a spy service out of a ragtag <laughs> collection of <laughs> Ivy League yeah. uh, eggheads and Wall Street brokers and lawyers and uh, advertising guys and news guys, stunt men, con men, stunt men, definitely. You know, just this collection yeah. of of uh, crazies that he was going to put together. <laughs> But Donovan and his star OSS officer, our old friend Alan Dulles, right. love the idea of espionage and sabotage. Yeah. They they just found it so exciting and thrilling. They'd watched all the James Bond movies <laughs> uh, that had come out in 1945. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. They, they they were huge. They were the first guys to, to say Idris Elba. Should should be the next James Bond, and that in 1945 that, that was, was risque. That was yes, something good you know? for them. Oh, well, good for them. It was hugely yeah. controversial. Yeah, a black guy really is Bond. Yeah, they were like, hey, fuck it, you know, sure, why not? Why not? It's a new world. Um, but you know this 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 whole spy thing. Yeah, Americans not good at it. Never new, done it before. Rank amateurs. New. America had been isolationist yes. pretty much up until World War Two, except of course when it came to snatching up. Land that it That's wanted for itself, different. like Hawaii, <laughs> Mexico, Philippines, the Philippines, <laughs> Latin America, Cuba, uh, you, yeah. know, uh, you know, whatever. Yeah, apart from that, That's different. Uh, completely isolation. We don't get involved. Yeah. We don't get involved in anyone else's we're affairs unless that. we're invading and taking over exactly. the country. Uh, exactly. So we can pillage it. Yeah. <clears throat> and so Donovan had to rely on British intelligence to teach his men about uh, spycraft. Yeah. Now, during World War II, the OSS, and we've talked about the OSS on and off in, in, on this here show many, many times. Mm-hmm. Um, these were the guys that were jumping behind enemy lines, making contact with resistance forces, uh, running guns, blowing up bridges. Uh, you know, it was Donovan who sent men to meet... Mahalovich in Yugoslavia, right. unfortunately, picking the wrong side. <laughs> uh, it was Donovan who uh, gave orders in 1945 that his people give Singerman Rhee a passport to return to Korea. Right. Uh, it was the OSS who made contact with Ho Chi Minh and supported him in his fight against the Japanese but then abandoned him when the French came back. Mm. Um, so they, they were involved in all of these operations. Yeah. And I think you know, like they were just uh, getting involved. Right. They were hands-on, getting involved, finding the underground resistance and, and supporting well, them. But yeah. a lot of what he did uh, turned out to be a disaster too. Yeah. If I could real quick, I think this is something that's important enough to to stop for a minute and go, like like you said a minute ago, Truman is like, you know what? I just want a daily briefing on what's going outside the American borders. Is that so hard? But because Donovan is the one who does the OSS, and he's going to keep pushing for this after FDR dies, because of the type of person he is that you just described, very flamboyant, loved actions. He read certain uh, adventure books when he was a kid, as did Dulles. Uh, I think they were like British 
um, spy novel, something like that. But the point is, because he's the one who's pushing this, it's going. His personality is going to be at least early on grafted onto these various intelligence agencies. So there's a lot of action going on. There's a lot of stuff when F, when Truman just wanted news briefings. But you're right. I mean, I can't remember. I think it's been. I think it was hundreds, hundreds of Allied pilots who were shot down that the OSS saved. So they did a lot of good things. But because Donovan is in charge and because he's got this wild imagination, there are going to be plenty of screw-ups as well. But I, I find it interesting that his personality is what helped steer the future CIA into something like covert operations versus just gathering information. I think that was one of the imprints that he left on the intelligence agencies. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, a lot of the guys that came up uh, with him, yeah, exactly. guys like Dulles, exactly. uh, Frank Wisner, these guys. And they're going to be around for years. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Oh, decades, decades, yeah. yeah. But, you know, uh, yeah, look, they pulled off a couple of things like saving shot-down American pilots, but a lot of, lot of disasters as well. Yes. In the last year of the war, Donovan dropped agents directly into Germany. God. He sent in 21 two-man teams and only one was ever heard from again. Damn. Just That's some... You know, major fuck up. That's some crazy shit. Yeah. You imagine, yeah, <laughs> you're the you're the 21st two man <laughs> team. He's like, all right, well, you know what the old saying is: if at first you don't succeed the first 20 times, try the 21st time. So good luck, boys. Uh, yeah, who's left? Ray, oh, Cam, 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 and Ray. <laughs> <laughs> all you gotta do is jump out and, of the plane, Cam. You're good at that. Just hold Ray's hand. Uh, and I'm going, oh, I've got bone spurs, <laughs> and you're saying, oh, I've, I've got asthma. <laughs> you're pulling a Biden. I'm pulling a Trump. He's like, yeah, sorry, that shit. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> Didn't I just see you both playing football? <laughs> yeah, well, that's different, playing football. Yeah. It's okay. But yeah. uh, this kind of jumping into Germany shit, nah, <laughs> I don't think so. Very few guns um, in football. Go ahead. Yeah. Well, that gets us to the bat story. Yeah. Uh, do you want me to tell the bat yeah. story? You tell the bat story and I'll match it with pornography. Oh, lovely. That's Well, that sums up our relationship uh, pretty much. <laughs> According to Donovan's right-hand man, a guy called David Bruce, uh, not to be confused with uh, David Bruce Banner. Right, different. Uh, Bruce. Who was one of Donovan's projects uh, when they started... Yeah, trying to uh, beam beam American soldiers with uh, gamma rays. Yes. Uh, that apparently went horribly wrong, but that's a future story. <laughs> David Bruce later became the American ambassador to France, Germany, and England. Right. Like, if I can just pick one, like, you don't have to take it all. Like, just, you know, it's like just the one. guy who goes around and picks up all the entrees and puts them all on his plate. You Dick. don't mix your caviar. George Costanza. And hummus. Right. And right. crackers. Yeah. And donuts. Yeah, no. Just just pick one. Don't be greedy. Leave some for everybody else, right. Bruce. Right. <laughs> Um, according to David Bruce, Donovan loved batshit crazy ideas and literally <laughs> batshit. He said, for painful weeks right. under his command, I tested the possibility of using bats taken from concentrations in Western caves sure. to destroy Tokyo by dropping them into the sky with incendiary bombs strapped to their backs. <laughs> 
Now, i got to say, I think yeah. personally, I think that is the greatest idea I've ever heard. I'm going <laughs> to go it? out this weekend. We have a lot of fruit bats oh, around in Brisbane at this right. time of the year. Yeah. I'm going to start catching fruit bats, putting bombs on their backs. Sure, sure. And uh, sending them into your house just to see what happens. Um, call me crazy, call me stupid, but couldn't I just skip the middle bat and drop the bombs on Tokyo? I'm not sure the bat is actually... Helping or making it even more <laughs> no, deadly. I don't. It's, it's just. Tell me. It's just a. <laughs> it's a good story, and you know, for him to tell right? at the Saturn Club when they let him back That's in true. in the year two thousand and seventy-five, <laughs> when his banning expires. Right? B. Uh, it's just. It's just it's terrifying. Just, yeah. You're like you know. What's that noise? Oh, my God, it's a horde of bats. What's that? They've got freaking bombs strapped to their freaking back. It's coming right what? at me. No. Yeah, get out of my chimney. I don't know. If yeah, it's is... one thing to just yeah. kill people and blow them up, but if you can terrify them. Then kill them. By sending bats and then kill them, <laughs> oh, the sweeter. Okay, so that's, that's, that's the uh, Japanese. Here's what he wanted to do to Hitler personally. He wanted to inundate Hitler's office with pornography, um, video, pictures, letters, whatever he could get. And what he was thinking was some of this would get through and it would be given to Hitler and Hitler would read it, look at it, whatever. And he would be so worked up in his lust because of this barrage of pornography that he would he would basically all the blood would go to his penis and leave his brain and he wouldn't be able to think straight and he wouldn't be able to direct his forces and he would start making huge mistakes. Now... He was going to basically pornography the guy to death. I don't know. But let me ask you, put on your, your psychologist hat. I get the feeling, and this is just me, that Donovan probably thought, you know what? This would work on me. Why couldn't it work on Hitler? I think he was projecting onto Hitler. I don't know. But he was literally going to um, flood his chancellery with pornography, hoping that Hitler would lose his mind out of lust. Um, you know, I'd like to see that as much as I'd like to see the bats. What's the worst that could happen? Well, I, I actually know the full. You're oh. telling half the story. Oh, I know shit. the I'm full sorry. story. I, I apologize. That's all right. No, that's fine. It's it's what we call harassing it. <laughs> the full story is, you did a full harass. There. The full story is, which is a half a cam. Go ahead. Full <laughs> full story is, FDR walked in on him one day in his right. office, <laughs> and Donovan was jerking off furiously behind his desk. And he just had, you know, Playboy pinups, right. and he had two girls, one cup running, and, and he had uh, he had a huge framed poster of Goatsy up on the wall, and he's just whacking off super like crazy hard, fast, cat of nine tails jerking off, and FDR's like, holy shit, Bill, uh, what's going on? And he was like. Oh, um, uh, research. Uh, re- research? What? What do you mean research? Uh, I've got a, uh, I've got a secret plan to, uh, to, to take down, da- to take down Hitler with, by making him jerk off to death. He's like, really? That he goes, well, I'm, I'm testing it. Uh, we've had scientists working on this. Uh, I didn't want to tell you because you got a, you got a lot on your plate, right? And I know your dick probably doesn't work in that wheelchair oh, and the polio and whatever. I didn't want to, yeah. I didn't want to embarrass you, but uh, 
and uh, FDR just whipped off his blanket on his wheelchair. <laughs> and he's like, "Fuck! Are you kidding me? Look at this! Look at, look at hey, this! Hey, it's, I can kill so, you. All the, why? Why are all the why are all the pictures of black women?" And he's like, because oh, it's it's nasty." He goes, "Oh, I know. Jefferson would love this." And he's jerking off, and he's so it's him and him and FDR. They're both jerking off. They've got a biscuit, and they're you know, coming up first, and then they have to eat it, coming at last, and they're playing soggy soggy biscuit, and then they're getting out. Oh, and so what they turn then, then Stimson walked in. He goes, God, what's going on? And they go, oh, Hitler. He goes, oh, Hitler. He pulls his dick out. And it- <laughs> I peed a little. <laughs> and that, ladies and That's gentlemen. That's a true story. <laughs> That's that the really full happened. story. Uh, oh. And we're done. Thank you. Good night, everybody. Uh, how one, people. <laughs> um, <coughs> Where were we? Well, despite yes. their uh, jerk-off parties, <laughs> FDR always had his doubts about Donovan, apparently. <sighs> Early in 1945, uh, yeah. just before he died, right? FDR had ordered his... Chief White House military aide, a guy called Colonel Richard Park Jr. Right. Uh, not to be confused mm-hmm. with uh, Ray Parker. the guy who wrote the Ghostbusters. Yeah, Ray Parker song. Jr. Ray Parker Jr. Yeah. Uh, not to be confused with Ray Harris Jr. <laughs> it all sort None of, of these people are related, I think. No. Uh, Colonel Richard Park Jr. to conduct a secret investigation into the OSS. He was like, yeah. listen, I need you to set up an, an OSSS <laughs> to spy right. on the OSS. Yeah. Are they doing a good job or not? Are uh, they effective? Yeah, I need to know. Yeah. Yeah. Are they, are they, are they doing stuff they shouldn't be doing? Are they doing illegal stuff? No. Uh, now, leaks from the White House uh, mm-hmm. created lots of news stories that said that Donovan wanted to create an American Gestapo. Yeah. And uh, when the stories broke, FDR urged Donovan to shove his plans under the rug. Right. Now, that's not a sexual euphemism, no. by the no. way, although it, it could be. Um, now... Uh, my theory is it was FDR that leaked this to the White House. Ah. Uh, sorry, leaked this to the media. Right, self-sabotage. Uh, in order, so he didn't have to shut it down. Right. He's like, oh, well, look, you know, it's leaked now. Uh, we have to shut it down. Sorry, crazy Bill. I'm sorry, wild Bill. <laughs> Batshit Bill. That's what FDR called him, Batshit Bill. Right. But- sorry, dude. But but you, I mean, you make a good point because the, it's not like the newspapers just said, "Oh, we found out today that there might be a spy service." No, no, no. They're saying this is the American Gestapo. There's going to be spies everywhere, probably in America as well. They're going to be looking for subversion. They're going to have uh, their own military arm. I mean, it all well, sounds they already, obvious. They already had. Yeah, they yeah, already yeah. had the FBI looking for subversion in America. Yeah, yeah, they don't need this guys. Well, but you're right. I mean, the other it was an FBI, the Naval Intelligence, the Army G two, the Pentagon, the State Department. They don't need another competitor in this relatively small world. So someone obviously leaked it, and they sabotaged this guy. And so it was brilliantly done because Wild Bill is going down. So 
as you're suggesting, uh, there was a whole bunch of people who not only didn't like Donovan but wanted to run. If they're like, if America's going to have a spy service, right. we want to run it. Yes. So the army wanted to run it, the navy wanted to run it, J. Edgar Hoover wanted to run it, uh, State Department mm-hmm. wanted to run it, everyone wanted to run it. Just they just didn't want Donovan <laughs> to run it, and and thusly began the battle for the control of American intelligence. And I don't like putting those two words <laughs> together, but um, you know, we let's just we'll do that in air quotes right. again, like research. The control of American intelligence, that is still going on today. Yes. These agencies are still fighting each other for control today. And we know that one of the reasons George W. Bush supposedly set up the Department of Homeland Security was because one of the uh, um, reasons that the 9-11 attacks happened is because the agencies that had a lot of intel wouldn't share it with each other and couldn't get along and, you know, big clusterfuck. Well, that that was, if I could real quick, I mean, that's uh, reminiscent of what happened in Pearl Harbor because there was a lot of information, but very few, if anybody, saw the whole picture. So it's going to be after the war that the Joint Chiefs of Staff and Congress is going to go, you know what, the way things were running, no one person got to see all the various bits of the puzzle. That's why we got we got sucker punched or whatever, and we have to avoid that again. So yeah, they all want to run it or create it and run it, but it's like somebody needs to be able to see everything. And you're right. And the other part of this, we've mentioned this before, is it comes down to fighting for budget. You know, the more things that happen under your roof, the more money you get, the more jobs you get. And it's a it's a cycle that feeds itself. And so the other part of this is not only prestige and security, but it's also money as well. Yeah, of course. It always yeah. is. People want people want to build their own little empires. Yes. But you know, some people like Major General Clayton Bissell who was the assistant chief of staff for military intelligence, seemed to have genuinely thought that having a sort of independent civilian intelligence service Mm. run by somebody like Donovan was a really bad idea. He said it would be an extremely dangerous thing in a democracy. Yeah. But, uh, you know... The reality is there was a lot of other people that wanted to set something up for all of the valid reasons that you indicated, Mm -hmm. the Pearl Harbor attack being one of them. And by the end of the war in 1945, as we said earlier on, the US knew very little about what was going on in the world, very little about what was going on in the USSR. You know, everything that they knew was apparently contained within a relatively short row of filing cabinets in the State Department. Not good. It mostly came from a handful of ambassadors and military attaches spread out around the world. But the US after World War II, obviously, was the world's leading military and economic superpower, Mm -hmm. but it knew nothing about how the world worked, which is a very dangerous combination. Yes. All the power, all the money... Armies all over the place don't know what the fuck we're doing, what we want to do, what our goals are, or what's going on. I mean, that's just got disaster written all over it. Yeah. Now, the morning after FDR died, Donovan was having breakfast in Paris with another OSS officer, William Casey, who would go on to be Reagan's campaign manager in 1980 and then the director of the CIA from 1981 to 1986... Mm-hmm. 
He was uh, lucky enough to die of a brain hemorrhage lucky. in uh, December 1986. Yes, because it happened the day before he was due to testify in front of Congress <laughs> right. over his involvement in the Iran-Contra affair. Oh, God. Which, according to Oliver North and uh, Bob Woodward, he was a key architect of and would have implicated uh, George H.W. Bush and Ronald Reagan in the whole thing. But Mm. then he died mysteriously, doing air quotes here again for you, (laughs) of a brain hemorrhage the day before he was due to testify. Wow. Wow. the hemorrhage was caused mm-hmm. by a bullet in the brain, but the, the news stories didn't cover that. It just, no. oh, no, brain hemorrhage. No, yeah. brain hemorrhage. Yeah, yeah, brain hemorrhage. <laughs> We're going to miss him. <clears throat> oh, terrible loss. Let's give him lots of uh, posthumous awards right. and uh, and we'll have a hearing later on that will uh, find him not guilty yeah. of uh, the thing and, you know, make sure his memory is right. kept intact. Well, the only thing he'll be guilty of is being... An American hero, so good for him. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyway, Casey asked Donovan what he thought the news of FDR's death meant for the OSS. Donovan said that it was probably as dead as FDR. Aww. He didn't, didn't use those words, no. that's my words, but he said it was probably dead. Right. Yeah. Close. Yeah. yeah. On the same day, yeah. this is the day after FDR's death, Colonel Park... Junior, Ray Parker Jr., uh, gave Truman his report on the OSS that FDR had asked him to compile, which basically said, kill it. Kill it. (laughs) Kill them all. Kill it dead. Yes. Uh, Park's report said the OSS had done serious harm to the citizens business interests and national interests of the United States, that it had failed at nearly everything it had tried during the war. (laughs) British intelligence manipulated it. Chiang Kai-shek had manipulated it. Germany's spies had infiltrated it. The Japanese had discovered the OSS's attempts to steal their code book and had changed their codes. Yes. One of Park's informants said, how many American lives in the Pacific represent the cost of this stupidity on the part of the OSS is unknown. Uh, There was faulty intelligence given by the OSS after the fall of Rome in June of 44, which led to thousands of French troops walking into a Nazi trap on the island of Elba, and uh, serves them right for, you know, uh, uh, sending Napoleon into exile there. Uh, That's all I have to say. You know, it's payback, bitches. Napoleon was laughing. Ha, ha, motherfuckers. His ghost ghost was laughing. Uh, And as a result of these errors and miscalculations of the enemy forces by OSS, some 1,100 French troops were killed. Yes. The report said that Donovan himself had lost a briefcase at a cocktail party in Bucharest that was turned over to the Gestapo by a Romanian dancer. But she was uh, hot. Yeah. So yeah. I can be forgiven. Now, now, let's be honest. The military and J. Edgar Hoover used this report to purpose. I mean, not that the OSS didn't make plenty of mistakes. The favorite one that I um, enjoyed was that Donovan had sent some agents to Liberia in West Africa. 
and forgot about them. I think they still might be there today waiting on orders, but the point is this was a nail in Donovan's coffin because personally he was attacked, uh, professionally he was attacked, there was no way he was going to survive this. And so finally, on May 14th, 1945, Donovan finally gets his interview with Truman, and he's going in there, and he's sincere. He's like, look, I just want to help you. I want to check communism like you do. I want to understand the Kremlin. I'm the guy that can do this. Truman is like, I'll give you 15 minutes to make your case. And he only got 15 minutes. The report also criticised him for dropping commandos into Sweden, which was neutral. By the way, where's Liberia, right? West Africa. Right, thank you. Yeah. Uh, he dropped commanders into Sweden, which was neutral. He sent guards to protect a captured German ammunition dump in France oh, good. and then blew it up <laughs> with the guards still there. That sounds counterproductive. Uh, I, I'm not an expert, but that sounds bad and okay. Park. Right? <laughs> Park said the only really useful part of the OSS was the research and analysis branch so they could keep that, right. put it in the State Department, everything else like a uh, Persian rug sale would have to go. Now, Donovan rushed back to the US to convince Truman to yeah. keep his baby alive. But he'd always, like everyone, had treated Truman with contempt Yeah. Uh, before he became president because, uh, you know, he kind of deserved it. And uh, he was annoying. No one liked him. Everyone hated mm-hmm. him. Particularly when he was running around asking people, well, why are you spending your money on this? Why right. are you spending your money on that? Um, you know, they didn't like that. No. So they were off to a bad start. As you said, he was given 15 minutes. And at the end of the 15 minutes, Truman fired Donovan and ordered the OSS to disband within 10 days. Yep. So America's first spy service was officially, by presidential decree, right. abolished on September 20th, 1945. Yeah, ironically, yeah, because on that day, Truman signs Executive Order 9621, terminating the OSS, and like you said, they've got 10, day, 10 days to disband. But it's going to be another Truman piece of legislation that is going to give whatever agency exists at that time uh, carte blanche to do covert operations. Why? Because they read it from a certain point of view. That's where Obi-Wan Kenobi got it from. Exactly. I knew that, but I wanted you to say it. It wasn't a lie (laughs) from a certain point of view. Or as George Costanza would say. It's not a lie if you believe it. Oh, my fucking hero. He's my fucking hero. <laughs> uh, I, I don't, I don't, you know, some people would say, you know what? It would probably be a lot of fun to get high and to watch Seinfeld. I'm just throwing that out. Who knows if that's a good idea or not? I don't know. I don't, how would I know? But I'm just saying, might be a lot of fun. I'm done. All right. Well, that's the episode for this week. We'll be back next week with uh, more on the creation of the CIA. A short time ago, an American airplane dropped one bomb on Hiroshima. Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this. American people, I think, is good people.